Welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Family Fright Night Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Will. Today I'm joined by author Eric Ashmore, author of uh, author of Tatters and his latest release, Red Room and Others. Ash, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. I messed up that intro a little bit. <laughs> nah, don't worry about that. <laughs> So I usually start by asking, what is your favorite horror movie of all time? Because somebody told me you watch just about everything. Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, my, my my favorite of all time has to be In the Mouth of Madness from John Carpenter. Ooh, I like that one. That's a movie yeah. that's kind of a mind trip. Yeah, I absolutely adore it. And I, um, yeah, I, I can't say anything bad about it. I absolutely love it. It's It's a great film and it's so well put together in every facet. What's your favorite scene? Oh well, wow. oh, there's so many. Um, uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, where Sam Neil's up in the the hotel room and they're arguing about what reality is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I like how the whole movie is kind of set up. Like it's got really like, a mind fuck to it, where <laughs> it's you already know what's going on. It's very Lovecraftian. It's based on a Lovecraft story, isn't it? Or loosely, based? it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, very, very loosely. Um, but yeah, it's very eldritch. I mean, you've got the the old lady who runs the hotel, and she turns into the big squeaky monster and the tentacles and all that shit. It's lovely. <laughs> oh, sorry, am I allowed to swear? Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's called the <laughs> Family okay. Fright Night Horror Podcast, but it's definitely not a family show. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, are you a are you a plotter or a pantser? Like, do you plot everything ahead of time for your books, or do you kind of fly by the seat of your pants? Oh man, I used to be a pantser. I used to pants everything and I can't anymore. Um, I think I, when I started writing, I, I sort of aimed down sort of middle of the road novella. Um, long, long before I released anything, Jane Doe was my first book out like three years ago. Long before that, when I was, I was still baby writing with my baby nappies on, um, I, I would just fly along and just guess where everything was going to go and, and yeah i mean it worked for me and I, I did a lot of that uh as i started releasing my my work three years ago but these days my work's longer it's more complicated it's uh more more central there's there's more of a plot in the center of it some of my novellas like something like tatters uh yeah it's it's a tantamount to an 80s slasher film you, you've got a bunch of victims and you've got someone killing them all. and <laughs> i can i can wing that without any issue at all um but uh red room came out uh, a couple of months ago and yeah it's, it's got a plot it's got characters and i can't wing them i can't i get to about thirty thousand words somewhere in the midpoint and i just crumble and fall to pieces and i can't work out what i'm going to do next so it, it's plotting for anything longer than than 20,000 words anything longer than novella uh, it's all plot now mm. and do you handwrite or do you type oh i type I, well, I i've got a pile of notebooks the same as every other writer uh which are covered in scraps of paper and and, and just garbage everywhere but no I, I i worked in it for a long time so no i i touch type so everything gets typed um i'm all excel spreadsheets and and word documents and what's your process like? Like, where do you begin each story? Um, it, it usually starts, believe it or not, with a title. I have a tendency of hitting a title for some reason. Just, just a 
couple of words and it will just sort of spark something in me. It's usually when I'm watching a film or a, uh, one of those real life murder mystery things on YouTube and I'll just go, oh, that's a really good idea. And I'll, I'll just write that down and I'll stick that in one of my notebooks. And then I'll, I'll, it'll, it'll go round and churn around in my head for, for sometimes weeks and months. And eventually it will just go, oh, no, that's what should happen in that. And then out comes the notebook and I'll scribble down um, all of the basic beats of the story. Uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll put on something thematically similar uh, on, on, uh, as a movie. Um, I, I was working one uh, the other day and i just slapped a slasher movie on and i sat there and i completely ignore the film and i just hunch over the 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 notepad and i'll just put all of the point all of the, all of the beats down and uh start to finish all the way to the end um and that's it that's that's my my plot and then literally the next day i will sit down at seven o'clock in the morning and start writing and since we're talking shop here some people might not understand can you explain beats um no not really it's just a keyword i like to throw <laughs> words out um uh it, it's um the the basic plot points without the, the what i would refer to as garbage in the middle um, <laughs> all the bits where you know we build characters and stuff just ignore all of that and it'll be like um such and such is dad's missing and such and such is is in this town doing this uh, and such and such is doing that and it's just got to do that got to get from that point to that point don't care how i get from that point to that point i'll wing that bit in the middle and then my beats are point a and point b and then that that two or three thousand words that i need to fill in the middle i'll i'll have a vague idea what i'm going to do but that's that's not a plot beat that's just garbage that's got to be thrown in there and then i'll make that decent later now you watch every horror movie that comes out is that correct <laughs> Because somebody told somebody told me that you watch even the garbage ones and you put yourself through that. I, I do watch a lot of horror movies. I watch a, a great deal of them, uh, and I do watch lots and lots of really garbage horror movies. What's the worst one you've seen? Um, oh, uh, oh, god! Uh, it started with a P. Um, oh, it, it was uh, it was a. Oh, it was about a Ouija board, but nothing happened until it was like an hour and 20 minutes long and like an hour and 17 minutes in before the first kill. Oh, wow. Um, That's bad. See, I, 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 in my long de- distant past, I used to work as a movie reviewer. So I, I'm used to seeing different films on, on sort of several different levels that, that a lot of people don't ever see. I mean, I, I see people will go and see the new Conjuring film and they'll come out and go, oh, that was the worst film that's ever been made. And I'm like, you've got no idea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch pretty much anything. Uh, very little gets turned off. Um, but, yeah, occasionally something will get turned off. Usually things get turned off if they are so dull that I just can't, especially when they're horror films. I, I expect a certain level of things happening in a horror film, even a bad horror film. But even bad, low-budget horror films can still be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah i'll watch anything i don't care i'm usually about two years behind everybody else because i haven't got time to go to cinema um but yeah no i mean yeah i'll watch anything and you write full-time now how does that work for you oh uh, yeah i mean it's good i i do i, I do writing graphic design um all for, for writers um and, and in the the writing sphere 
it it gives me good long days and lots and lots and lots of work to do um but it's the best job in the world i've done uh, i've done a good a good sphere of, of work my last job i was um in in upper management in a in a large training company and the pressure that i was under on a day-to-day basis was killing me it was literally killing me i didn't even realize uh and i've come out of that and i, I work more hours now and i do more stuff now and um it, I, I'll, it's nine o'clock on a friday night and i'm still working and it'll be 10 o'clock on saturday night and i'll still be working but there's no pressure i don't feel like i'm gonna have a heart attack at any point anymore um and yeah i get up in the morning and i start writing i always do my writing first because if i don't it sort of gets away from me and i just don't get it done i I, if i don't do it first i can't focus on it so by nine nine in the morning usually i've I've written four thousand words or so and then yeah and and then i'm off you know it's i've got usually got two three books need editing uh, I do cover work for other authors. I do freelance work for uh, publishing houses. So that all needs doing. Uh, and, yeah, my, my day is very full. Um, I have weird breaks that other people don't have. So I get up really early in the morning to start work early. But then come 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm ready for my dinner. So <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I usually stop for three hours. Um, and that's where everybody else would have their evening. But then I restart again. At, at six or seven o'clock in the evening uh and because I, I i do a lot of work with people stateside and i'm in the uk and if i don't do anything in the evening i'm always missing them by nine hours so yeah i mean that that's how it, i started working in the evening and now i just go yeah no i'm just gonna work in the evening i do all my marketing in the evening and all of my less brain intensive stuff um if i need to do some drawing on a graphic tablet for a cover that's something i like to do in the evening but it's a great it's a great life it's a great job um i mean everyone buy my books i'm i'm dying i have no money but <laughs> you know it's it is a great life and it, it's just so much fun being in control of, of of everything that i do which it's just fantastic and do you write with background noise or do you prefer silence oh god always with with background noise i i write to uh, a piece of sprint music which lasts 25 minutes exactly and in that 25 minutes um i can write a thousand words and i write that i do that sprint four times um in the mornings um and that's that's my my four thousand words um and i if i'm not writing with that noise i write slower so if i'm writing in silence i write at a grind um, if I'm writing with any other music at all, um, I'll write about six to seven hundred words in 30 minutes. Um, and my sprint music has no lyrics. I can't write with lyrics. I just listen to the lyrics. And yeah, that's that. <laughs> it's hard when you know the lyrics to the songs, too, because you're kind of like singing along in your head or like this part's coming next. And it's it's a distraction. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, all right, I write. I write a lot. I'm not a quick typist. I mean, there are people that type 40 or 50 words a minute. Um, no, I don't, I don't write at that speed. Um, yeah, it's fast. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I've got to really focus to get a thousand words done in 25 minutes. 25 minutes. Holy cow. 
yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it works for me. It gets the, the words done and out of the way. And I, fundamentally, I'm writing a novel every two weeks. So, damn. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you do your edits? Do you just do first draft, second draft, third draft? Or how do you set that up? Um, because I plot these days, generally at the end of my first draft, the plot is fairly solid. Um, so I'll go through it uh, with a, a fine tooth comb. Uh, once or twice uh, and pull it apart until I'm happy with the way it reads. Then it'll go out to beta readers. Um, and once I get it back from them, I will make all of their changes. Then I edit it two more times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in theory, it's ready to go out. I think people understand how hard it is to get like the flow in a story and do it well, because I feel like if you do that well, nobody notices. But if you can like pick up on it and you see that okay, this is the pacing they're after, then it's like some 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 something went wrong in the process. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm I, I've seen people who can take a story that's fundamentally broken uh, at a plot level that even just something as simple as something as simple as the pacing isn't right, and they'll take it to pieces and put it back together and fix it. And before now, I've had sort of 40,000 words down. I've gone, I don't know what to do. Chucked it in the bin. I can't fix it. It's broken. It doesn't read right. It's gone. And I'll throw it in the bin, and I'll I'll write it again. But I'll write the whole thing from scratch again because I can do that quicker than fixing structural edits. Yeah, Uh, structure is hard to finish. Yeah, if, if I don't plot, then I get something structurally broken and I can't fix it and I don't know how to. And I, I'm not an editor and uh, much as uh, the amount of, of writing I do, I, I can't afford to take all of my work and give it to professional editors because professional editors are fantastic, but they're expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, prices vary, but you kind of you get you get what you pay for. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, I've. In the past, I have worked with a couple of professional editors, and they're fantastic. And they they could save me rewriting my entire novel from scratch again. But yeah, I mean, I some of them are, are rolling in at fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars for a novel, mm-hmm. and I I'm nowhere near earning that sort back on the novel. So, <laughs> and you write in several genres too. How does that work? Uh, oh, uh, well, mostly uh, I write extreme horror um, and I, I do a little bit of, of weird horror. Um, if I'm going to write anything else, um, I will probably write that under a different pen name because there's a certain expectation that comes with with my name and my writing. Um, so I try not to veer too far off of uh, extreme horror, although... I'm thinking of, of, of putting out some more mainstream horror, which I will continue with the name because, you know, hopefully people will like that and go and read some of the other stuff. Um, but I, I try to stick very much into to extreme horror. And what makes a good extreme horror story? I don't know. I just wing it and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for me personally, because I, I, I'm a very slow reader, so I have to I have to pick and choose what I read very carefully. For me, I like all of the gore and gunge and, and shit that comes with extreme horror, but I like a plot. 
uh, I do do like a plot. I, I read people like um, Sean Hudson uh, from the 80s, his, his earlier novels. And if you strip out all of the people being skinned and everything else, there are bare-bone detective novels inside there. And I, I love it. it it's fantastic. Um, Edward Lee writes the most extravagant extreme horror, but he's always got a, a skeleton of a plot in the middle there. Mm. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I enjoy, and that's, that's what I strive for with certainly my longer work. Um, with, with all my shorter work, I find I, I struggle to get much of a plot in for 20,000 words or under. I try, but how successful I am would be down to my readers to tell me. Um, but I, yeah, I strive for a, a proper solid plot, and I think that works for extreme horror um, and, and splatterpunk as a genre. And what kind of advice would you give up and coming authors? Oh, well. Uh, the the obvious one, which everyone says, is you need to read and you need to write. And that is completely true. Um, but you need to improve your craft because writing the same thing over and over again, it's not going to teach you anything. So you're not going to improve just by repetition. So my... My advice for a new author is is to try and get uh, a small group, one or two beta readers who will critique your work, who don't necessarily know the craft. So don't don't necessarily get an editor because an editor will tell you what's wrong with your book and how to fix it. You don't necessarily learn anything by doing that. Get people, get your standard readers off the street and not your mum and dad to not that my mum and dad would ever look at my work. I would <laughs> never show them that. Um, get, get someone who knows exactly what needs to be done in the genre and get them to just read it, give it back to you, tell you what shit. And mm-hmm. then you'll learn and you'll get better. And it will, it will, you'll learn and get better really quickly because you don't have a choice. You're, you're literally being told by your, your actual readership, before your book's released, what's wrong with it? And then you've got to work out how to fix it yourself. And by working out how to fix it yourself, you're going to learn. And that is that will do it for you. I, I, I think craft books are great, but I also think a lot of people say you should read wide and read every genre to learn how to be a, a, a writer. I don't necessarily think that's true. It is good to read widely, but not necessarily cross all of the weirdest genres you can think of. Mm-hmm. I don't read romance and erotica because I don't want to. And it's got nothing to do with learning. I I, I have no desire to sit there and read Jane Austen. Whether Nobody I could does. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> whether I could learn something or not, I don't know. But I, I haven't got the the time or the energy to sit there and read a novel that I you know, I'm not going to enjoy mm-hmm. um, to try and maybe pick up something on Victorian era dress sense in uh, descriptions I I don't know what I could learn from that but um, no I read read widely in the genre that you enjoy and read across a period of time 
I, I read everything back to about 1960-ish in horror, somewhere in that, that area, all the way up to things that were released this year. Um, and I think I can, I, I think people would learn, will learn a lot from horror by reading like that, because that's how I learned how to, to put a story into an extreme horror book. It's not by reading modern splatterpunks, by reading old splatter, uh, and reading those, those old authors that, that were putting books out in the seventies that they've got terrible covers on them you look at them and go oh, this is just going to be stupid and you start reading it and go oh this this is like agatha christie meets peter jackson's brain dead and they're fantastic and you suddenly start going oh hold on i can put real plot arts and 70s detectives with their their trench coats and their cigarettes into my splatterpunk book it doesn't have to be about i don't know people eating toenails or whatever <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite author if you had to pick one? Uh, well, uh, Edward Lee, probably, uh, or uh, Sean Hudson, uh, or Rain Havoc. Um, Rain Havoc, I've heard of them. Uh, Rain's, Rain's a fantastic writer. Uh, and uh, there are some new authors coming up that are very, very good, very accomplished, that are, are not, not really doing a lot at the moment, but, but they're going to come out soon. And there's going to be a, an uprising of people who write extremely good horror. Mm. Have you read uh, Christopher Triana? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, very good. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah. Um, and there are people like him, Aaron Beauregard and, uh, and such. They're, they're all very good authors. Um, but coming up, there are some people that have only got their first, second books coming out. And there's, there's going to be a, an uprising particularly from female authors um, uh, of this, this new extreme splatterpunk writing. And yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. I'm excited for it. Uh, Before we close out, what do you have coming up and where can people find you? Oh, well, uh, my website's at uh, uh, ashericmore.com. And coming up, uh, Oh, I've got so many things I've got. Uh, Baby Cakes is uh, my godless release this month. And uh, at the end of this month, I've got Beneath coming out uh, on Amazon. And on the 14th, I think, of this month, July, uh, I've got the Black Gallery coming out, which is with DNT Press uh, uh, on Amazon. Uh, and the list goes on. There's too many to name, so I'll stop there. <laughs> oh, wow. Staying busy, man. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Ash. I really had fun. Now, thank you for having me. I hope you have a good day, man. Hey, Family Fright Night listeners. It's your host, Chase Will, here to quickly tell you about my latest novel, Moving Through, available now at Amazon.com. Moving Through follows a group of high school seniors as they mourn the death of their mentor while inciting a school-wide rebellion against censorship. Clay McLeod Chapman, author of Ghost Eaters, calls Moving Through a clenched jaw of a novel, complete with brutally candid prose that reads like gritted teeth. Anderson Prunty, author of Dreaditation, calls Moving Through a visceral soul punch of a book. You can find Moving Through at Amazon.com or at ChaseWill.com. Hope you check it out.